Yo, 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 welcome to Tap Room Sports, a sports podcast unlike any other podcast around. That's right, because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet, sports and beer. I am your host, Jordan. Stacks on stacks on stacks. Lads here with my partner, my friend, the beer expert, Mr. Stanford himself. Big ballin' Ben Larson. What's going on, Ben? Not much, man. Uh, enjoying sports, enjoying the weekend. Got out to a couple breweries this weekend, so you know I'm I'm counting that up as a win. Hey. How how are you doing? How's your weekend? Hey, man, we out here winning. Uh, USC lost, so that's a bummer, but that's to be expected sure. with Clay Helton at coach. But big win for our San Jose State Spartans, Mountain West yes, champions for the sir. first time in school history. So it's been a good weekend, man. I haven't gone out to a couple of breweries like you, so I'm a little jealous. But <laughs> it is what it is. I'm excited to be here, as always, ready to record, ready to talk about sports for the whole week. We got some awesome special guests tonight. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Ben. Awesome beers, too. Yes. Uh, I, I'm seeing what you're drinking. I've got a great one. This is my uh, day seven out of my beer box. So oh, it's, that's right. Uh, the beer box, It's going to be, yeah, it's, uh, so far, the beer box has been great. But, you know, just before we get into our beers, you know, I just want to let all of you know why Jordan and I are talking about beer so much. We absolutely love beer probably just as much as we love sports. It's, uh... You know, it's a passion of mine for sure, um, and you know, I'm I'm getting Jordan to be more and more, you know, uh, refined with his beer choices, and so far so good. Yeah, I'm I'm liking where it's going. But you know, each week we're going to be reviewing a few beers. Usually, it's two per podcast. Tonight, like we uh, we talked about earlier, we're going to be having an extra beer with a couple buddies of ours. So uh, you'll be you'll be hearing a little bit about that later, and. Uh, you know, so we know our beer, we know you know your beer, but we want to give you some ideas on what we like and what we think is a good beer. Oh, so yeah. to to jump in with that, Jordan, what's your first beer for the night? My first beer tonight, I'm drinking a Braxton Labs Smoothie Sour Strawberry Paloma. Uh, it's a mouthful. Yeah, it is a very big mouthful. It's out of Braxton Brewing Company. It is a strawberry grapefruit key lime sour smoothie sour um so so far so good you know sours are my favorite so i'm always stoked to try a new sour i'm excited about this one excited to talk about it later and give my review on it but what are you drinking tonight ben yeah so i've got beer seven out of my beer box my my 12 beers of christmas and today i pulled the copper tail brewing company's night swim porter mm. uh copper tail is out of uh tampa florida so another one of these Florida beers, and it's coming in at a 6.2%, and it talks about all of its hints of chocolate. And so far, I am definitely tasting the chocolate. It smells chocolatey. Not a big fan of Porter, so we'll see, you know, where this goes. But, you know, after a, a sip or two, it's it's not too bad. Nice, man. That's, like, not the kind of beer I would expect to come out of Florida, but... Yeah, no, not at all. I would expect, like, citrus-type flavors, but, I mean, that's awesome, man. It's good to see, you know, some breweries out in Florida, you know, doing something a little bit different, but let's yeah. hop into the sports this week. We're yeah. going to jump right into it. We're going to jump straight into college football because 
obviously we had the college football playoff committee choose the top four teams this week but before we get to that let's really recap what happened in the conference champion conference championship weekend obviously really late this year for obvious reasons i feel like i'm saying obvious a lot because thank you covid (laughs) yeah a lot of obvious things are happening because of the pandemic so you know first let's start off the sec championship we had alabama they went in there that was a great game i said uh all week and i said it on twitter the night the day of it was my favorite bet of the day i had florida plus 17 because I thought there was no way Bama was going to smoke that Florida offense. They ended up winning 52-46. Yep. to 46. Second game, Big Ten Championship, Northwestern. That game was atrocious, and if you watched it, I apologize. <laughs> Waste of three hours. Yes, Ohio State won an ugly one, 22-10 against Northwestern. The Pac-12 Championship was on Friday. We had a weird situation because the Pac-12 North winner was Washington, but they couldn't play the game due to COVID outbreak. So Oregon ended up playing, and they went yep. into the Coliseum in Los Angeles, beat my USC Trojans 31-24, to the Big 12 championship on Saturday. Oklahoma 27, Iowa State 21, ACC championship, another best bet of mine. I said Clemson was going to win this big. They ended up winning a big 34 to 10. Ben, what was your thoughts on championship Saturday? I know I didn't talk about San Jose State, obviously Mountain West champions as well. Yep. But what was your thoughts on um, on championship Saturday? Yeah, I, I mean, a ton of huge games. I mean, you just went on and on like with just game after game of, you know, top teams that really could be, you know, anywhere in that, you know, the top 10, I'd say, probably 10, maybe 15, if uh, if you're looking at all those teams. But I, I mean, to be honest, I really didn't see any surprises in the way that these games you know, really played out. Um, you know, I was glad to see that Florida didn't win because, it, I mean, we already had a clusterfuck for you know, the, the rankings. And if Florida took that W, dropped Bama to, what, 10 and 1, uh, that would have just made things even more screwed up than it already was. I mean, you mentioned the Pac-12 game. I mean, that was, that was tough. Um, I didn't think Oregon deserved that W. Um, you know, and if I mean, it wasn't won. for USC, yeah, they got the W. If it wasn't for USC, you know, going down early, you know, it's it's tough to to climb out of that hole, um, but you know, my Stanford Cardinal will be uh, will be playing your uh, USC Trojans next year, so hey, like every I, I year. like where, yeah. Well, no, I'm I'm talking in uh, in the Pac-12 championship game, but nah, uh, nah. Organize, organize <laughs> a lot of talent, man, and that's really what stood out in that game was that regardless of how bad Oregon's Q play was with Shuck and um, the other kid, I forget his name is, they kept switching back and forth. I mean, they really didn't have to do anything because their defense was so talented. I mean, they were pushing USC's offensive line backwards. They're putting Keaton Slovis in tough situations. Obviously, the three turnovers. I mean, Oregon only only had 244 yards of total offense, and they put up 31 points. You know what I mean? So it's huge. You can't win a game like that. But this was to be expected, man. Like, I had a feeling this was going to happen with USC because they're such a poorly coached football team. Clay Helton has to go. At some point, 
the uh, the boosters, the AD, Mike Bond, they, <laughs> they have to see that this guy just, he gets his talent, right? USC has a lot of talent, but they're not coached. Yeah. They had a lot of dumb penalties. I mean, it was just a, ton of penalties, a bad yeah. coached team, and that's why they ended up losing that game. As far as Alabama versus Florida, I mean, that's kind of how I saw that game playing out. I can't believe yeah. I'm saying that I thought uh, an Alabama game would go over 75 that was what the over under was but i mean it it went over easily i, I mean, mean we could have pushed Lord. it to almost 100 what, not, yeah 98 points there yeah it was crazy and then uh the big 10 championship ohio state just i mean they don't even look that good and no. which brings me to the college football playoff man like yeah it's it doesn't look good this year it's terrible because the committee when when they did away with the BCS, we went away with the BCS because they said the BCS wasn't getting the two best teams in the national championship. Yep. So they created this playoff committee to try to get the four best teams to come down to the two best teams. But, whoo, Ben, it is just terrible. It is. It really is. And, you know, I know we talked about this previously with – the way that these top teams, I think we talked about it maybe last week, the week before on, a, on the podcast, and, and how these top teams are basically guaranteed a spot within, you know, the top 25 at the beginning of the year. And then, you know, instead of proving their way in to these, you know, top four playoff spots, they're really proving their way out. Yeah. And that is not the way that you can have, you know, a, a fair... Uh, a fair and that, conference, a fair league. That's the biggest problem is because originally they said like, oh, the whole thing around the college football playoff committee was to make teams play tough out-of-conference games. And obviously mm -hmm. we got to throw out-of-conference out this year. There was no out-of-conference games, right? It was what yeah. it was. But even up until now, it's like these teams don't schedule tough out-of-conference because they don't want to take an L. Because if they take an L, then yeah. they're basically out of the college football playoff. But then you got it this year. And you have a team like Cincinnati who runs the table, and they had a tough strength strength of schedule compared to a team like Ohio State who only went six and zero. You had a team like Coastal Carolina who had a tougher strength strength of schedule uh, uh, yep. than Ohio State, and they had two better wins than Ohio State had. They beat a top ten team in BYU, plus they beat Louisiana Lafayette who was ranked number sixteen at the time, and they beat the team that was in the Big Twelve championship in Ohio in Iowa State. At yep. Iowa State, and they still yep. get no love. Yep. No, and and I mean, it it's just tough. It, you're you're comparing teams who have played and teams who have set up their team for success in eleven games. And I think it was the Notre Dame coach today who was saying that you know if they where the if the coaches were the ones who were choosing these top four positions, that it would be a completely different you know, matchup in those bottom two teams because you know you have you know Ohio who's played six games versus you know a team what like uh, Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina who have played eight and eleven right yeah and you know nine you have to nine and eleven you have to prep you have to get your players ready you have to deal with COVID like preparation, travel, so much more than, you know, a, a team like Ohio who, 
you know, only had to do it six times. And that, I think, is the real difficult part of this season is getting your team ready to play. And Ohio just didn't do that. I mean, not only that, but, I mean, they really didn't play anybody. Like, okay, they had a win against Indiana, which they honestly almost lost. They could have very well lost that game. And then Indiana's quarterback goes down. And then they beat uh, Northwestern, who, I mean, like, let's be honest, dude. It's Northwestern. They lost to Michigan State. I mean, Michigan (laughs) State isn't a great team. The Big Ten was not good this year. I would argue that the AAC, which Cincinnati played in, was a much better conference than the Mm -hmm. Big Ten. Like, the top five teams in the AAC probably would have been right behind Ohio State. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say they're better teams than Ohio State. But if we're just going to make that determination based on a bias or, you know, a previously objective point of view, then what's the point of even playing the games? Like, yeah. why do we have the 64-man tournament in the NCAA men's basketball? Because it adds excitement. I mean, we wa- we've we seen a 16 seed beat a 1 seed. Yeah. So why, yeah. Do we, why do we play the games if you're just going to say, all right, you know, Ohio State's in with six games. They haven't beaten anybody. But since we had them preseason number three, they're in. Well, and I think it's it's also going to create a problem for the years to come, yeah. which is is horrible because you're going to see teams, and you know the committee commissioner said it today that the games, the amount of games played, didn't matter. So it it, it all mattered with the amount of times that they beat a top twenty five teams. So you're going to see teams schedule, you know, all their games versus crap teams yep. except for maybe two or three so they get you know just enough to be in that and, requirement for consideration and ben that was the exact thing that they said the college football playoff committee was going to go against but yeah. they never have it's literally yeah. like you said dude it's setting it up to where these top programs are gonna they've been scared i mean the sec already schedules like uh the redkin school of salon professionals in their yeah. in their non-conference <laughs> games so i mean yeah, it's I mean, it's just tough. And then, you know, what can a what can a top team in a in a conference like the Pac-12 or the Mountain West or uh, the AAC or the Sun Belt? Like, what can they do to propel themselves, especially as a top team in those conferences? Because a school like Alabama, they're not going to want to schedule a Cincinnati in an conference game because if they lose that game, yep. they're out. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It, it's it's going to take multiple years of you know these conferences that aren't in the big five that or the power five excuse me that are are going to you know it's going to take years of success when you know if you're in a good conference it takes a year of success and again just the the level of equity between you know conferences is oh it's all about money yeah, they have to go to a twelve to sixteen team playoff. It's the only, yeah, it's the only thing that'll fix this. Yep. Uh, before we did go on, I I really wanted to talk about that Notre Dame, you know, number four position. Oh we we talked God, plenty about Ohio at three, but Notre Dame at four. Um, I mean, with their huge loss by twenty four yesterday, uh, like it really makes you look back at that win that they took first Clemson where they won in overtime when Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing and they were down six starters on defense yeah it it, I mean that 
yes, it doesn't count as a loss, but that should not count as a top conference win because at if if that Clemson team was ranked with those players, they would not be within the top ten for that. No, nah. and that's what Trevor Lawrence does to your team. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, I mean, losing six starters on defense is tough too. I mean, yeah. just look at how the defense was in the conference championship compared to that other game. But I mean, aside from that, I mean, Notre Dame had better wins than Ohio State did. I mean, they beat North Carolina and Miami, which were two top fifteen teams. So, mm-hmm. but I still wouldn't have them in the top four because they didn't win their conference. Right, so yeah. that's why teams like Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati should slide in there. Yep. Well, since you're you're talking about who would be in your top four, and you know, let's you know, let's let's move it up to your top ten. Yes. We go every week and uh, and talk about these, you know, these ten, maybe eleven, maybe twelve teams that <laughs> uh, you know that that should be in the top ten. But uh, after this week's action, how did your uh, ten turn out this week? So the top 10 teams, since the college football playoff committee cannot get it correct, we're going to get it right. We're going to do it. We're going to do it for everybody, for all the college football periods. I got you. All our Coastal Carolina fans out in South Carolina, (laughs) yo, we got you right here, all right? So we're going to go number one to number 10 this week because we want to start off with the four best teams, the teams that will be playing in the taproom sports college football playoff all right love it the number one seed will be playing the number four seed it would be alabama versus cincinnati cincinnati would be our four seed alabama number one number two versus number three would be clemson versus coastal carolina this would be a south carolina in-state matchup a new in-state rivalry we're starting it, it right now on taproom sports podcast so we got Alabama versus Cincinnati Clemson versus Coastal Carolina. I don't even care if Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina gets uh, blown out because, you know what? Ohio State and Notre Dame are getting blown out too. So what the <laughs> fuck does it matter? Number five through ten, we're going number five, Ohio State. Y'all won the Big Ten, but, you know, they had to bend the rules to get you into the Big Ten championship. So toodaloo. Number six, Texas A&M. Number seven, Mountain West Champions. San Jose State Spartans. Love it. Number eight, the Big 12 champions, Oklahoma University. Number nine, Indiana. Number 10, Georgia, because we just had to throw two teams in the top 10. It don't even really matter. But we're dropping a team from number eight last week all the way to number 99. That is the University of Southern California Trojans. Clay Helton, gotta go. Terrible performance undefeated go into the pac-12 championship and lose to a team that's not even supposed to be there unacceptable cannot happen and number 101 byu because you guys talked all that shit saying you could play anyone anywhere went to go play someone somewhere and lost y'all still haven't beaten anybody i'm sorry i'm not sorry that is the top 10 teams of the week in college football love it love it love seeing san jose stayed up that high Hey, Bubba, what's the matter? I need help with my fantasy football team. I play fantasy football. You think I can help you with that? No way. I'm going to ask the pros. What do you mean, the pros? Alexa, play Weekend Waiver Wired on Spotify. 
Tune in every weekend for the Weekend Waiver Wire, hosted by me, Steady Eddie Martin, brought to you by Taproom Sports, where I give you all the ins and outs for the upcoming fantasy week. You need some help getting that W? I'm your man. Join me every Saturday as I turn you into a Bill Belichick-level fantasy GM, brought to you by Taproom Sports. Keep up to date with everything Taproom Sports through our website, www.taproomsportspodcast.com. All right, well, we gave you guys a teaser about a big announcement. We got Howard and Ryan from 90 Second Beer Review. What's going on, fellas? How you doing? Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And I know you guys are doing great because the Jets finally (laughs) won a game. That's how you're going to start things, huh? Took a double. (laughs) Hey, the whole time I was watching that game, I was just saying, like, oh, my God, Howard and Ryan are either extremely pissed off or they're really stoked right now. Like, (laughs) I I didn't know what to feel because I'm sitting there going, on one side, I don't want to go in the history books as being winless. The the flip side of that is I'm going – well, we just blew our shot at the, uh, you know, the first overall pick. So what do we do now? Do we yep. trade down? Like, where do we go? Yeah. My, my, I literally went into like my lifelong Jets trading had me going from despair to just trying to find any silver lining in the whole thing. And so the only thing I could focus on was that Beckton looked really good. And uh, that crazy one-handed interception was Bryce Hall oh, as a rookie. Beautiful. And so I was like, you know what? I was like, if this is going to be terrible, but at least some of the rookies are looking good and maybe that's something. But that's a battle I can pull out of this. And Mims was actually playing. So that was yes. yeah. on well, the, the one silver lining. The one silver lining for you guys should be that you guys get now get to keep a great quarterback in Sam Darnold. I mean, I'm talking a phenomenal <laughs> quarterback. You're not biased at all. No, I'm not biased at all. Future Hall of Famer, future Super Bowl oh, winner, multiple man, Super I don't Bowl know winners. About that. <laughs> Once he gets a real coach and you guys have all these picks, pick up that uh, tackle from Oregon. And you have all this free agency money. You could even sign more offensive linemen. You guys could like legitimately go into next year with like a stout offensive line protecting Sam Darnold and adding on weapons with all those picks. I mean, you guys, honestly, even, even if you guys lost, you guys have to be stoked about the future. Honestly, the real silver lining, if you're a Jets fan today, is that the Patriots are not making the playoffs. That's, that's <laughs> where we're at right now. Facts. Uh, <laughs> do you guys have to play them again? Uh, I don't do we we i don't i know we have a terrible end of the end of season schedule but i don't think the patriots were so as a jets fan you realize this is a certain part of the season where you just tune out because you're like well it's over (laughs) game three they're not making it you know and then uh, (laughs) it's like oh let's see how the rookies are doing from game to game and then you're kind of like yeah okay once it's over yeah (laughs) thanks well for those that missed your guys's interview last time with us you know ryan why don't you tell us a little bit about who you guys are what you do in all about 90 second beer review. Yeah, absolutely. So we're Ryan and Howard. We're from 90 second beer review. Um, you know, I guess the very short format way of saying it, cause we are short format. Um, you know, everything is intended to be consumed in 90 seconds or less with our beer reviews. Uh, the idea being that they are uh, more guidance, I would say than anything else for people just to try to find beers that relate to them. Um, you know, obviously we're working from our own personal taste um, but, you know, I think with our reviews, we, we say what we like and don't like about beers. We say, you know, our feelings and we try to give some guidance on, you know, if it might appeal to you, might not. Um, you know, I think the benefit from us as opposed to something like an untapped is untapped is obviously working off a wide universe. You don't really know mm-hmm. what's uh, coming in from the contributors with us. You kind of have a steady presence that, you know, if you know our tastes, then you can kind of pick and choose based off of that. 
Yeah, and so the big announcement this week is we are going to be having a Pints of Love, which is going to be a virtual Valentine's Day craft beer experience. Two days, February 13th and 14th, and it's going to be all about beer. So, you know, Howard, the floor is yours. Tell us about this this virtual beer experience. Yeah, uh, Pints of Love. Uh, we're really excited about this. Uh, it's been in the works for a while now. Uh, we're working with the folks over at Lemonade Social, which is a virtual event platform. Um, and we have a couple of great co-organizers that we're putting this on with, uh, the Glass Jug Beer Lab down here in Durham, North Carolina, uh, and Hopscotch Bottle Shop up in Deer Park, New York. Um, Chris and Mark from Glass Jug and Hopscotch have been phenomenal uh, co-organizers, really kind of helping us put this thing together. Uh, and really the goal for us is, you know, we had this opportunity to put on some sort of event for the craft beer community. And when we thought about it, we wanted to try to find something that provided some value to everybody that's involved. So, you know, for breweries early in the year, it's kind of a dead period. It's after the holidays, it's after all the festivals. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of people dealing with dry January. It's, it's not a great time for craft breweries coming off of a year that's been really rough for craft breweries. And so nice. we figured that that would be a, a good time of the year to get the attention focused back on craft beer on some of these breweries that really are going to need the support of the, the craft beer community. Um, and then from a, from an attendee standpoint, you know, look with COVID, I mean, unfortunately, I think this is going to be a pretty long, rough winter for a lot of people. Um, yeah. You know, Valentine's day weekend, I think is for some people, it's great for some people. It's a pretty stressful and, and rough time uh, in, in normal, in a normal year. Uh, and so for us, this was a way to put together two days of safe, socially distant content. Uh, there's going to be some hangout, like virtual hangout tents where people can interact with other craft beer fans. And so it's really just a way to bring people together for the weekend. Um, so if you're interested in the festival, uh, you can either go to uh, 92nd Beer Review on Instagram. In our bio, there's a link tree with links to buy tickets. Um, you can also go to 90secondbeerreview.com. There's a Pints of Love Festival uh, page on there that can guide you. Uh, tickets to the event, we're only doing 15 bucks, and that gets you all the content from the two days. Um, I mean, honestly, there are some, we have a whole you know, wide range of beer-related you know, panel discussions, Q&A. Uh, there's going to be entertainment. There are going to be live podcasts, such as yourselves, uh, involved in that. Uh, there are going to be beer and yoga classes, beer and bar classes. Some of these things individually cost more than the 15 bucks. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, just from a cost benefit standpoint for people that are thinking about attending, um, you know, if you do a beer and yoga class, you're already saving money off one of those. <laughs> yep. um, so trying to make this really easy, really accessible. Uh, the great thing about doing this virtually is, is that everything is going to be running throughout the weekend. It's also going to be recorded and on demand as soon as the, the session is over. So, you know, even if you have some plans that weekend, but you're interested in what we're doing, you can get your ticket. You can tune in at any time that weekend over the next couple of days after the weekend and still get to watch all the content. Um, and then the other part that we're doing, and this is something that uh, I think Ryan and I are, are extremely excited to get going, is we're also gonna be doing a really limited edition uh, set of VIPs. Uh, unfortunately, due to the archaic uh, US alcohol laws and the difficulties <laughs> with shipping uh, beer in the United States, they're only gonna be available for people in New York and uh, North Carolina or people who can get to the pickup locations in New York and North Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, but we have 24 breweries signed on for this, uh, 12 in North Carolina, 12 in New York. Um, we've got some really incredible names, uh, people like Other Half Brewing, uh, Burial Beer Co., 
uh, KCBC, Interboro, Equilibrium. I mean, these are these are big names um, and people that make some really fantastic beer. Um, and so the North Carolina pack, you're going to get one beer from each of the 12 breweries in North Carolina. The New York okay. pack, you're going to get one beer from each of the 12 breweries in New York. You're going to get a locally made box of chocolates because it's Valentine's Day and you've got to have some chocolates. Uh, <laughs> so we have gonna... a nice little beer pairing going so you can yep. uh, you know, pair it up with the, the chocolate with the beer as you go. So that'll be a fun session as well. Yep, and awesome. we're gonna have a couple of a couple of experts uh, in each state doing a chocolate and beer pairing session, talking a little bit about the theory of pairing beer with food. Um, it's maybe something that people don't think about as much, but frankly, there's a lot more variety in the beer world than there is in the wine world, and so yep. you can pair beer with a lot more things than, frankly, I think you could pair wine with. Uh, and yep. so, chocolate is one of those. I think a lot of people naturally think of chocolate and red wine. Um, there are a lot of beers that pair really well with chocolate. Um, these guys are going to walk you through that. Um, and then everybody's going to get in their pack, uh, a custom Belgian tulip glass for the festival. Um, and then there'll just be some other fun stuff in there, stickers, discount codes, things like that. Um, so again, those are going to be very limited edition. Everything is on sale now. Uh, highly encourage people to come and check it out. Uh, it should be a lot of fun and, uh, we're really looking forward to get it going. I can't wait for, uh, for Valentine's day weekend to get here. Yeah, Hell yeah, man. It I know. Sounds awesome. I know I speak for Ben as well, that we are extremely excited to be a part of this. I mean, you guys are two awesome dudes that, you know, we met through the beer community. So that just goes to show, you know, and Ben and I are both from the West Coast, obviously. So the fact that we were able to meet two guys like you through the beer community online, it, it just opens up a whole new world with people that think like-minded like you, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And I think that's the biggest thing. And you know, I know we have a big following out in South Carolina because of Coastal Carolina University. <laughs> I, if, if, you, if you listen to us, you know I'd be riding Coastal Carolina very hard. I've been vouching for him to be in the college football playoff. Uh, so if you're in South Carolina, you can make the trip up to North Carolina. I don't even know how Absolutely. far of a distance that is. So honest, it, it does to either state. <laughs> it, it honestly it depends on where you are, but I will tell you if you're in if you're in the Carolinas and you want to pick up. Uh, the Glass Jug Beer Lab in Durham is going to be the Triangle location. Uh, we're going to have Wise Man Brewing up in Winston-Salem. And then for most people in South Carolina, your easiest access is probably going to be resident culture in Charlotte. Charlotte is pretty close to the South Carolina border. Uh, so it is definitely a, a thing that you can do. Um, the, set, the packs will be available at those tap rooms the week before the event. So you'll have a couple of days to you know, make your plans, get up there pick up your pack and you know at all these locations you're going to be at a brewery tap room so pick up your pack and you know grab a couple beers while you're there you know yep. <laughs> make a trip yeah, yeah. out of it and and speaking of beers i see you guys sipping on some beers so i i gotta ask and you know gotta get that uh that 90 second review <laughs> of uh of each of those that you're drinking yeah ryan, ryan why don't you kick it off yeah absolutely so this is a, a real cool one we were actually talking about this one before we uh got on here so it's Innerborough, who is a festival participant it's also a pickup location uh and run the jewels so i think there was probably about 13 breweries i think it was that uh, collaborated with run the jewels uh creating uh i guess kind of similar to what you saw with the um the other half uh collaboration earlier in the year uh you know just kind of working off a general format of what you know the beer should be but you know take your own take on it make it yours um really good beer really a uh, lot of flavor coming through on it you know it's a nice mix of kind of the the tropical fruit flavors and more the kind of greener uh you know melon rind and things like that as well as you know a little bit of dankness 
um, and just a really, really cool concept. You know, I think uh, we're actually going to have a session probably towards beer and music and the uh, intertwining. A lot of times you'll see uh, song names or, you know, something like that, lyrics into integrate into beer uh, names. And, you know, I think that's something that uh, this kind of goes hand in hand with. So we want to talk a bit about that during the session. And, you know, I think that'll be a, a really cool thing for people. Hell yeah. And anything Run the Jewels allows their name to be attached to, you know, is going to be fire. Good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And Howard, what are you drinking tonight? Yeah. So uh, I'm actually drinking something from uh, one of our co-organizers. So this is a uh, Citro Mosaic Opacity. It's a hazy IPA from Glass Jug Beer Lab. Um, for those outside of the Durham area, uh, you may not be familiar with the Glass Jug. Uh, they sell the vast majority of what they make um, in their own tap room. Um, but Chris over there absolutely crushes it and they kind of keep things, uh, really nice and simple. They have a couple of lines that they do. And so opacity is their hazy IPA line. Transparency is kind of their West coast, more traditional American IPA line. Pie is their Gosa line. Uh, deviation is the Imperial stout. Like they, they have that and they just build variations off it over time. So, uh, this is the Citro Mosaic version, uh, as you'd expect from the Citro Mosaic beer. It's got a ton of tropical fruit juiciness. It's a lot of pineapple, mango, a little clementine, a little citrus mm. bit. Um, it's, it's delicious. Uh, is uh, taking away the Sunday scaries uh, pretty quickly. Nice, hell yeah. Pond, you guys, neither of you guys gave a rating on your beers though. Oh, I'll I'll, I'll make that really. This is like a four point two five for me. This is uh, definitely drink and purchase again. Um, honestly, I don't think I've had an, a version of Opacity that I haven't liked, but. I'll be honest, this might be my favorite of the variations I've had. And I've had a fair number of them over the last couple of years. Nice. Yeah, and, and that actually makes two. Uh, going into the same thing here, uh, 425. And, you know, it's definitely a drink and purchase again. This is super limited, actually. So uh, Hopscotch was the uh, exclusive uh, distributor in the New York area, I think, for, for this collaboration. Um, so I think just getting my hands on it, I was really happy about. But the beer definitely delivered on that. And now we got to flip the tables a little bit because now we got to know what you're drinking and we got to hear your version of the 90 second beer review. Nice. Well, first, you want to go for it? First, I got to say one of the breweries participating in the festival, Kings County Brewers Collective, has the highest rated beer on Taproom Sports. That's true. Wow. That's true. And and some of the. Yeah. Also, the best can art. Yeah. Some of the best can art I've ever seen. Best can art. Yes. Yep. Uh, I had their berry. What, what was it? Is the invasion of the berry? I I don't even remember berry the name. Off top of my head. Yeah, berry yeah. snatchers. Oh my god, phenomenal sour. The best sour <laughs> I've ever had in my entire life. And I love sours. Ben knows like sours are my favorite. Yep. That is the best sour I've ever had. So I want to be able to talk to them and say, hey, y'all made yeah. the best sour for sure. <laughs> but. <laughs> So that's that. E- that's even more reason why people should get involved in and get into the uh, festival because there's some great breweries out there. Tonight I'm sipping on the Monhoot, the Monsoon Hazy IPA from Tanaya Creek Brewing out of Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, it's a local, local, yeah, it's a local brewery. So for this episode, I wanted to like kind of throw something out there that's not very popular. Tanaya Creek, they don't have a big distribution deal, kind of similar to what you were talking about. And, uh, you know, this is also a variation off of one of their, their IPAs, a 702 IPA. Um, this is actually the third time I'm drinking it. 
it gets better every single time I drink it, to be honest. Probably have it at about 4.25. Obviously, I bought it again, so I would go buy it again. It was good enough, but it definitely it improves every single time it gets better. I mean, that's that's telling. I mean, that you know, I feel like in the craft beer world these days, you know, the everybody's favorite thing is something new. So yeah, if it's good true. enough that you keep going back and buying it and it's getting better every time, that uh, I think that speaks volumes about uh, the quality of the beer. Yeah. Yeah, and I had to I had to go to one that was going to be uh, at our Pints of Love. This is um, I'm Grim out of New York. I've I've got one local uh, liquor store that does sell Grim, and they've had they've had a few. I've tried their Lumen. I've tried uh, another one as well. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but this is the uh, the Cloud Busting Number Seven, and uh, it's it, it's a great beer. It's got Nelson and Mateka hops. It's uh, it they described it as having a honeysuckle flavor to it. I don't think I've ever seen a beer described with the honeysuckle flavor. I do I do taste the honey, so I you know I definitely get that. Um, and it's it's got some great hop florals and aromas it's it's a great beer i'm gonna put this one up even higher um i'm gonna put it at a 4.5 it is it's one that i want on tap which is you know means i have to get out to new york so you know we gotta stop stop. it's great we gotta stop giving new york so much love dude as (laughs) as true west posters dude we cannot we cannot be doing this hey i appreciate y'all joining us tonight I, I speaking for Ben as well. I'm sorry, Ben. I know you hate when I speak for you too, but we are both stoked <laughs> for Pints of Love. We're both stoked Facts. to be a part of it. Um, you know, kudos to you guys for put, pulling this all together, especially during a pandemic. Great idea. Hopefully you guys do a part two and Ben and I will definitely be out there in uh, North Carolina or New York, wherever you guys decide to have it. Um, so, I mean, once again, go to 90secondbeerreview.com to buy tickets. We will also have the link on taproomsportspodcast.com. So you can go to either website to buy tickets. $15 to be a part of the festival for the week. If you're in North Carolina or New York, you can buy the VIP packs limited. So get them now, 90secondbeerreview.com. Howard and Ryan, thank you once again for being with us tonight. Yeah. We look forward to, you know, many more adventures. I said we were going to have you guys on for the NHL preview. Now we're getting news starting to roll around. We, we may get an NHL season, yeah. so we will <laughs> definitely have you guys on soon. Mid-January. Um, we got we to circle January, back. January 13th kicks off, right? So let's, we're ready. Let's hope. <laughs> let's hope. We're hoping. Yeah. It hasn't been official yet, but we're hoping. We just got the division proposals today, right, Ben? Oh, and they're terrible. But Ryan, Ryan and I are gonna have fun. The Devils and Islanders are gonna face off like eight times in fifty-six games. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna get fierce. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know about that one. I think the Islanders, you know, were the third best team in the league, and the Devils were. Don't don't you worry about it. We'll we'll be fine. We'll hold our own. Hey, the Sharks are coming for both yeah. of you guys. We're bringing back the Heritage jerseys. So I, those are fire. I like those yeah. a lot. Yeah, those were cool. I really like those. Uh, yeah, thanks thanks for having us on. Uh, we're really excited to have you guys as part of the festival. Uh, we're hoping it's going to be a fantastic event. And uh, like uh, like Jordan said, 90secondbeerreview.com, or you can follow 90secondbeerreview on Instagram and hit up the link tree in our bio. Um, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing everybody virtually Valentine's Day weekend. Hell yeah. Love it. It's a huddle, guys. It's a huddle. Huddle, Latin for round. Come on, turn around. All right, there you go. All right, now, communication is the key. 
I signal the quarterback with the play, he relates it to you in the huddle, and then we try it on the field. Okay, let's do it. Okay, guys, it's a curl out to the fullback on two. Hey, 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 wait a second. How come you never call a play for me? You're a tackle, dipped. Hey, nobody calls me a dipped except my brother. Guys, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'll just run the ball. You always run the ball. Why can't I run the ball? Because you're slow and no one likes you. Well, you can't go to my birthday. Oh, what? Okay, guys, that was good for a first time. Let's try it again. Need to get prepared for the NFL weekend? Join us on APR, the annexation of Puerto Rico, an ode to the Little Giants movie of 1994 starring Ed O'Neill and Rick Moranis, a new football podcast brought to you by Taproom Sports Podcasts. It features Taproom Sports Podcast hosts Jordan, Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, Lats, and Big Ballin' Ben Larson. Joined by Weekend Waiver Wires, Steady Eddie Martin, and me, Tiffany, from Picks by Chicks, as we preview the upcoming week's slate of games from a betting and fantasy point of view. Visit taproomsportspodcast.com for more information. All right, let's jump into NFL this week. We had a great set of matchups. Uh, started with a excellent matchup on Thursday night. We had the Los Angeles Chargers against the Las Vegas Raiders, which <laughs> sounds super strange because I'm used to saying San Diego Chargers versus Oakland Raiders. Yep. And even John Gruden wore an Oakland Raiders hat. I was going to say the same thing. Yep. <laughs> he didn't get it right either. <laughs> hey, so this is a, a new a new old rivalry, yep. if we could call it that. But uh, the Raiders ended up losing this game. This was a wild finish to a wild game. But, Ben, what was your takeaway? Yeah, um, I, I, was, I was pretty surprised, man. Uh, we saw Marcus Mariota you know, get in the game and he looked pretty good for not having taken, you know, more than what, five snaps this year. And I mean, just the way that he was able to move the ball, both, you know, by passing and running, uh, you know, it, it surprised me. I, I thought once Carr was out, it was going to be a blowout. Um, you know, to be honest, I, I think Carr, you know, if Carr's in, I think they win the game. Um, he was, you know, shooting 60% with 53 uh, yards, you know, averaging 10.6 before, you know, he got injured. And when you have Josh Jacobs, you know, he can cover that extra 80 yards that, that Mariota added in his rushing, you know, options. But, I mean, to be honest, like, both defenses just suck. I mean, you've got the Raiders allowing 402 yards, 5-12 and 12 on third down stops. You know, they had... Five, they allowed five first downs due to penalties on defensive plays. Like, that's just – you can't do that and have a successful team. You know, you turn over to the Chargers. They allowed 449 yards. They were 0-4 in stopping fourth downs. And, you know, I, I think defense is the top priority for each of these teams in the offseason because my opinion is they're not making playoffs. Well, I mean, the Chargers have two of their best defensive players on the – IR haven't even played all year so and I mean we're talking about two elite defensive players too like that's not just some like run-of-the-mill type guys but yeah I mean if if Derek Carr didn't get hurt in this game I mean it's it's tough to see the Chargers winning the way they did although the Chargers did play well man like they 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 did what they had to do um they didn't really turn the ball over 
you know, they got they turned the ball over from the Raiders. You know, Marcus Mariota threw an interception. I mean, this game was just so sloppy, dude. Like, when I watched yeah. the final three minutes of that game, it literally looked like a JV football <laughs> game, dude. Like, what was yep. going on? It was like, who wants to actually win this game? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, But, you know, tough, tough loss for the Raiders, man. I mean, that's a team where, <clears throat> you know, you had them making the playoffs this year. Yep. I didn't. Did. I had the Chargers making the playoffs, and that's obviously not going to happen. Yeah, that's but... not happening either. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, man. I mean, the if you're a Chargers fan, though, you got to be excited for the future. I mean, you have a bright, bright, Thanks. bright future. You have a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. You know, you have Melvin Ingram. You have Derwin James coming back next year on defense. You know, you can just plug in some a little bit of free agents, a little bit of draft picks, and you know that could be a team that that could compete next year. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I hope so. I you know we we both thought that. You know, Herbert was going to need a year. Well, we didn't think he was going to be playing this year with, no, with Tyrod Taylor. But, you know, it, that was a huge success for the Chargers team to get him those snaps. Was that a, he wasn't going to be. Was that punctured lung like maybe the greatest? And I'm sorry, I don't mean to say it like that. Was that but was that like the like. What's what's the saying when it, something just happens for a reason? Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. It's um, it's it's almost bittersweet. Yeah, you know, you yeah, lose yeah, somebody, yeah, yeah. You know, you lose somebody to injury, but you gain, you know, a, a big, big like boost for the future. And dude, because what if Herbert didn't even get these snaps in? Yep. Yeah, he's a whole he's a whole year behind. More than that, because he'd just be doing, you know. The, the second team stuff you wouldn't be getting the first line and so. and if you look at it too like of the rookie quarterbacks obviously burrow got hurt right and then yeah you know but who would you have honestly taken i mean we have to take into consideration burrow got hurt so like i mean herbert looks like by far and away the be better pick right now right yeah oh yeah and it's i think it's tough this year too because we don't have that preseason to get right. you know these teams acclimated to their new players so you know burrow did have more time getting those first you know first string snaps when they were you know in their first couple weeks of camp um but what herbert came in week two week three yeah um, week two right when tyrod or went three? out yeah well, no it's two right yeah yeah i think it was two yeah i think that um, was. and you know, to to go from where he was of not even being expected to play to being, you know, rookie of the year candidate, I I think that makes a lot bigger of an impact than, you know, Burrow. Even though Burrow came in and did wonderful things. And yeah, no, Burrow looks things. great too. But I mean, coming back from that kind of injury, I just hope it just mentally doesn't affect him in the long term. But yeah, you know, best of luck to that young man. All right, we had a big game on Sunday, though. Sunday afternoon, we had the New Orleans Saints at home, plus three against the Kansas City Chiefs, minus three. Um, this game ended up being a push. Kansas City, once again, playing with uh, playing with everybody. But what was your takeaway from this game, Ben? Yeah, just Mahomes. He's incredible. Um, you know, he's he just makes passes come out of nowhere. Um, there were two or three today that... You know, one was a, a short shovel. One was a uh, somewhat of a sidearm, and he just he is able to get that pinpoint accuracy where a lot of QBs can't. 
I, I mean, I guess I could say the same thing about Breeze, though. And he was strong. I mean, coming back from a collapsed lung and 11 fractured ribs, I think he had three touchdowns today. Yeah, but he didn't look good, though. He he looked good in those last those last few drives, though, when it was crunch time. But, you know, I, I want to ask you, like, what, what happened to Kamara? Like, he hasn't hit 100 total yards since November 1st. Well, I mean, this game, they were playing down. And that's what I'm saying. Like, so, well, first let me answer your Kamara question. They were playing down this week. So, obviously, they weren't able to run the ball as much. But he's been getting just as many reception yards, if not more. Yeah, but I mean, like, you're not going to run the ball as much if you're playing down because you, you need to keep going. You need to come back from two. I mean, they were down two scores in, like, the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, I mean, they had to they had to hurry up. They couldn't waste time. So, I mean, it basically eliminates the run. Uh, with Taysom Hill, though, I don't know what I don't know what was going on. Like, he basically disappeared from that. But I have a theory about the Chiefs spin. Okay. All right, hear me out. I'm listening. So, like, they haven't covered the spread in, like, six games, right? Today was a push. And they've been up, like, double digits in all the games. And I just have this theory because in none of the games that they've played this year, including the game they lost, did I ever think they were going to lose that game. Even when they were losing against the Raiders, they were down, like, two scores. I was like, oh, they're going to come back and win, right? Yeah. They're the best team, hands down. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not even close. Today I was watching this Chiefs Saints game and the Saints have like two safeties back the whole game. I'm talking like 25 yards off the line of scrimmage, yep. dude. Like just giving them way too much respect. If you're playing like that, dude, you're you're literally allowing a team to average like 10 yards a carry or 10 yards yep. a play. So at no point in this game did I think the Chiefs were going to lose and they every time they get up big and I feel like I feel like honestly Mahomes gets a little bored and tries to like do a little too much because he's tired of throwing it underneath and stuff that he like yeah. tries to throw long balls, doesn't complete them a little bit. He's been turning the ball over um, because of that. And I think honestly, like they know they're better than everybody, but they don't want to blow teams out of the water because they know they're going to see them later and they don't want to give them any kind of, uh, whiteboard material dude like you don't yep. want to give them any sort of mental edge like oh they blew us out of the water we're gonna go fucking beat their ass next game you know what i'm saying yeah. like i feel like they keep teams in it so next time they're just like oh yeah we need to be better right hmm. yeah that's that's an interesting theory i i do kind of like it because i i've been talking about how we haven't seen that kansas city that that playoff that real playoff team and we haven't. we haven't seen them blow out teams, but we all know that they can do it. They know that they can do it. Now it's just the executing. And, you know, I thought that, that today was going to be the big game. You know, last week I said the same thing. I thought they were going to, you know, use last week. I think they played uh, Miami last week to really push them into, you know, that playoff mode, and they didn't. But I feel like any time they need they to score, they're like, they go down and score anytime they need yeah. to. In like two minutes, too. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. It's insane. So they're just kind of like, I feel like they're just kind of going through the motions. And then when they have to score, they score. And that's why they have been covering. But the next game, yep. we, the next game we had was a uh, 
a snooze fest on Sunday night. I mean, this yep. was not a good game by any stretch of the imagination. We had the Cleveland Browns going into the New York Giants. The line actually ended up closing Browns minus six and a half. They ended up winning 20 to three. Definitely crushed anyone's hopes that had the over. Yeah, Ben, what was what was your takeaway from this game? Uh, this one hurt because Chubb did not get me the points that I needed in my fantasy league. Um, <laughs> I, I, I told y'all on APR that I was going up against El Numero Uno, and uh, Chubb's, Chubb's 12 points has got, uh, got me worried about tomorrow's game when we've got uh, Claypool, He's, uh, who's who I'm going up against. But, you know, that, just the rushing, really. Um, Cleveland were they were under 100 yards, I think, uh, tonight, and no, they were right at you know, 106 yards. Okay, and it, but like, where the hell did that New York run defense come from? You know, stopping a player like Chubb is is tough work, and you know, I think these Giants are gonna be around next year, or the year after, if they get rid of Daniel Jones. <laughs> but I don't know if that's gonna happen. Well, I mean, Daniel Jones, I mean. He's, yeah, the quarterback's the toughest part to find. I mean, Colt McCoy yep. obviously couldn't do anything tonight. Yep. The New York Giants defensive line, though, is very good. They have a, that's probably like the the, the bright spot of that team. Um, mm. So I wasn't really that surprised that they were able to kind of slow down Cleveland's uh, run def- uh, offense, especially when Cleveland's starting right guard, who's actually a backup right guard, went out. It was kind of a little tough sledding from there. Yeah. But they were able to do enough to win the game. They won it by a two, three scores. I mean, just overall a shitty game. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I don't it know was... what else to say. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about the uh, the not the the prime times. Let's talk about these not so prime times. What did you see in those other you know twelve games this weekend? I mean, Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray put on a show on Sunday. Yeah. Both of them went up for over four hundred yards total offense. Jalen Hurts, I mean, we, we've heard all these excuses from Eagles fans, from Eagles writers about everything except for Carson Wentz, and Jalen Hurts goes out there, and this is two weeks in a row that he's performed well. So, yep. obviously, we know Carson Wentz is not the answer, so it looks like Philadelphia is going to be paying a lot of money for a backup quarterback for the next couple of years, because <laughs> moving that contract is going to be nearly impossible. It's going to be tough. Yep. My second biggest takeaway this week... Uh, the Bills and the Chiefs are definitely the two top teams. I'm not, I I don't care that the Chiefs aren't covering against the spread. You know, one in six yep. in their last seven, they are able to score whenever they need to score. I've seen it all year long. They only have one loss. You know, they yep. played a very tough schedule. They beat a lot of good teams. You know, poo poo me, whatever. The Bills, Chiefs, <laughs> two best teams in the NFL happen to both be in the NFC as well. I mean AFC. Yeah. I'm sorry. AFC. Yeah. What about you though, Ben? What's your two? Uh, what's your takeaways this week? J E T S. Jets. 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 <laughs> Holy shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, but really, like, what the fuck happened to the Rams? Um, uh, only 16 first downs. You know, three of those being on jet penalties. Um, <clears throat> They were two for 11 on third downs, you know, and, and Goff only put up 209 yards, which is about 150 less than what he normally throws in tight games. Um, so, you know, we talked about this with, you know, Howard and Ryan. 
like, where do the Jets go from here? Are they going to get that second position, and was the win worth it? Oh, it was definitely worth it. I mean, they already have a great quarterback, Ben. <laughs> Is he as good as Trevor Lawrence, though? That's the thing. Better. But uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, the second the second uh, takeaway from the week is, um, you know, with 49ers losing to Dallas today and Arizona beating the Eagles, the 49ers are now out of the playoffs, and it should give them a top 10 pick for next year. So you still have Jimmy G on contract. Do you pick up a QB? You know, it sounds like Sherman's going to be out next year with all the contracts that they need to sign. Do you use that top 10 pick for a top cornerback? Like, I don't know where where the Niners need to go. Well, they can. the good thing about Jimmy G's contract is they can cut bait and owe him nothing, which is good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think for the Niners, it really depends on where you evaluate the quarterbacks because obviously Trevor Lawrence is going to be gone by the time their pick comes up. Justin Fields yep. will, will likely be gone. Um, but, I mean, if they like a guy like Fields or Trey Lance, you know, or even Kyle Trask, if Kyle Trask, yep. you know, falls to them, or if they really like uh, Justin Fields, you know, if he's worth trading up for and you like him that much, I mean, go go and do it because, you you know, they traded out of that Mitchell Trubisky spot and they drafted Solomon Thomas, which, you know, obviously Mitchell Trubisky wasn't that good, but you know who was drafted later yeah. on in that first round? Patrick Mahomes. So they they missed on that, right? So yeah. So I think this is a draft where this is going to be telling uh, for Niner fans of where they where the front office and Kyle Shanahan think of Jimmy G because if they move on yeah. from Jimmy G, obviously they don't really trust him. But I mean, he's definitely. I don't. I don't think they would be worse than where they're at with Jimmy G this year, right? Like, no, no, not at all. And I, and I think that's the difficult part is because with Jimmy G out, you don't know where they would have been with Bosa, with Solomon, with Mozart out. Like, you don't know where this team could have been. Do you give this team another shot or do you change things up a little bit? But that's it. Like, it's hard. Yeah, that's a that's a tough position. And that's, you know, that's why I don't make this money to make these kind of decisions because, yeah. You know, that's the kind of decision that can, like, really cost you a job as a general manager because, all right, you know what you have from Jimmy G, and he basically cost you a Super Bowl. So that's already in the back of your mind. Like, can we win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G at quarterback? Because he literally missed an easy throw that would have won you the game. Yeah. So I think that sits on their mind. I I mean, dude, I would hate to be John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan in this offseason. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. But let's jump into a Monday night preview we got the Pittsburgh Steelers minus 14 uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a big number here, Ben. Where are you going? Yeah. Uh, man, this is tough. The 14 is absolutely right. It's big. Um, but I'm, I, I think I'm still going to go Pittsburgh here, even with the way that they've kind of been declining. And, you know, basically because of the numbers that we've seen. And, you know, once Burrow's gone out, the the Bengals have just struggled. They have been struggling to put up points. <clears throat> Nothing close to even their their year season's average. Um, you know, I talked about it last time. You know, they they put 17 points up on New York, seven up against Miami, and seven up against Dallas. You know, and those are all you know middle. Of the, well, Miami D's good, but middle of the pack 
defenses, if not, you know, in the the later end of the 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 line there. And you've still got Pittsburgh sitting at you know the top defense in the league. So I I think it's going to be tough for Cincinnati to put up points. Um, I I hope Claypool, you know, twists an ankle enough that he leaves in the first quarter, so I get my W. Um, and no, I really don't wish people hurt, but uh, um, but yeah, it's going to be tough. And and we just heard uh, Brandon Allen and Logan Wilson are going to be out for the Bengals. So so who the fuck is playing quarterback? Fucking Ryan Finley, bro. Oh my god, dude. Then I, yep. I that's automatic fade. I'm taking they're, the Pittsburgh Steelers minus fourteen. I was like looking at this game, and even for APR, I was looking at this game, and I was like, dude, I don't even want to look at this game. Like, this is such a shitty game. Like, but I mean, the Steelers have been so bad offensively the last few weeks. It's almost like, can they even cover fourteen? But I mean, if if Ryan Finley's in the game, they might cover fourteen just on defense alone. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. So, Facts. all right, we're both taking Pittsburgh minus fourteen there. So you might want to fade us, take Bengals. <laughs> You'll probably lose, but don't take our yeah. advice for on that shit. All right, so we got a ton of football out of the way, and it is time for beer number two. Jordan, you started with that uh, Braxton Labs Strawberry Paloma smoothie. What do you got up for us uh, for round two? My second round is a beer that I've from a, a brewery I've never tried before, Ben. Okay. Uh, Nine oh three Brewers, somewhere out of Texas. I don't really fuck with Texas usually, but <laughs> I like hey, they, I like Texas beer, and I like Austin, Texas. So if you're from Austin, Texas, shout out Austin, Texas, y'all are dope. Uh, but this is a Berliner Weiss style ale with strawberry, pineapple, coconut. And lime. It's really got a dope can art. If you go to uh, Taproom Sports Podcast on Instagram, you'll be able to see the can art. It's called the Miami Vice. It definitely has that like tropical aroma type flavor you would think of Miami. So nice. I've never been to Miami, but that's what I would think of Miami <laughs> as. But nice. <laughs> what about and, you? Uh, your second yeah, beer? I've never seen a Weiss sour. So uh, you know, weeded sour there. That's gonna be gonna be interesting to. Uh, Definitely interesting. Is it thick? It is thick, dude. Okay. It literally. Oh yeah, it looks like a smoothie. So okay. It looks like a loaf of bread mixed with like strawberries and whatever other fruit is in there. Yeah, love it. <laughs> and then love you grind it. it up in the ninja. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my second beer for the, you know, for the podcast, I I mentioned earlier that I got to go to some of the local breweries, and uh, one of those was Narrative Fermentations. It has definitely become one of my favorites in you know, in the, uh, the Bay Area beer scene, every single beer I've had from them has just been on point. So this is going to be one uh, that I haven't tried from them yet. I, uh, I, I got a four-pack to go, so I could, uh, could have it for tonight. But this is the Hoppy Blonde Ale. They're, uh, it, it's called the Wood Chopper Hoppy Blonde Ale. Um, it's a 5.5, so, you know, it's going to be one that you can, you know, really drink through and drink through quick. Uh, it's got citra and mosaic hops that they dry hop it with. So, you know, you're going to get that aroma and that just that little hint of the flavor. It's not going to come in and, and slap you in the face. And, you know, something cool that I was talking to the brewer about is that this is named after the, uh, you know, a place where the head brewer and, and his wife enjoyed their first beers together. 
Um, so it does have some, yeah, it has some meaning behind it. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's great within the two, uh, the two sips I've taken so far. So I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing this up. Nice dude. Well, we got the beer out of the way, the second beer out of the way, sipping on some good ones. We're going to give you the reviews at the end of the show. So stay tuned for the reviews. I know that's, you know, big time drama every week (laughs) for our reviews. So stay tuned, but let's hop into NBA, Ben. You know, we're about to kick off the NBA season starting on Wednesday, right? Yep. Tuesday. 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 Tuesday, we got the, the Warriors games. versus the Nets, and we have the Lakers and Clippers, of course. Yep. So, we've been previewing every single division, over-unders on the wins. This week, we are going to the the Western Conference, Eastern Conference, Central Division in the East. In the West, we're going Pacific, Yep. right? So, let's start it off with the Eastern Conference, Central Division. We'll kick it off. Chicago Bulls over-under 30.5 wins. Ben, where do you have the Chicago Bulls this year? I'm going to go under, um, you know, they were at 22 and 43 last year. Um, they didn't really miss, uh, uh, sorry, not bring back much except for one big piece that I think is really going to be, you know, the big, you know, elephant in the room is, is going to be their defense and the defense that they lost from Chris Dunn. Um, you know, I, I think that leaves their season really dependent on Wendell Carter and Porter Jr. to stay healthy and, you know, really provide an all-around game, which we really haven't seen from them in the past. You know, and they have a new coach, so uh, I'm going to go under on this one. The new coach is exactly why I'm going over. Ah. They've been a poorly coached team. I love the Bulls over 30 and a half wins here. Billy Donovan is a great coach. They have good young players. It's really about getting them to fit and play together. I actually like Kobe White as a breakout player this year. I think he's a a great, great future point guard in this league. Hmm. Um, I think eventually, though, Zach Levine may get traded. Because I don't know how he and Kobe White can coexist because both are good with their ball with the ball in their hands. Yeah. I also think Patrick Williams was a perfect fit for this uh, team. He's a defensive first type of forward, but he's able to score the ball, play defense. He's the kind of guy that they need on this team because they were lacking defense, like you said last year. Yeah. Um, but with Billy Donovan, with the additions they've made, I like the Chicago Bulls over 30 and a half wins here. Okay. I think that's second tough. It is, it is. But I think they could do it. Okay. Cleveland Cavaliers, on the other hand, <laughs> they're over under this year. 22 and a half wins. Obviously, you know, they kept Andre Drummond. Uh, they kept Dante Exxon, which they traded for. Darius Garland, who they drafted last year. Kevin Love on a max contract. Larry Nance Jr. overpaid. Seti Osman, a guy I like. Kevin Porter Jr., I'm not even sure what his status is because he's going through some legal trouble, Colin Sexton. Hmm. Um, and then they brought in JaVale McGee. Uh, they drafted Isaac Okoro from Auburn, uh, Levi Randolph, and Lamar Stevens. Obviously, this is a, uh, I mean, let's it's a work in start progress. it off, Ben. Where do you, where do you think, do you got the <laughs> Cleveland Cavs over under 22 and a half wins? I have them under. Um, I, I think it's it's a rebuild long time for the Cavs. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's it, like you said, 
you know, I, I agree with you. Larry Nance is, is a little overrated. Kevin Love's just getting older. Um, and, you know, they added JaVale McGee, which is not a game changer. He's not going to get you another four wins that they didn't no. have last year. So, and, no. and they lost Tristan Thompson, who, you know, yes, is old and over the hill, but he is somebody who can get you those rebounds. He can, you know, play that defensive ball that, you know, teams need. So I'm going way under. Yeah, I'm with you. This might be the worst team in the league, to be honest. Yep. Um, they definitely aren't going to win many games. It's just, it's hilarious to me, Ben, because everybody on LeBron's last year in Cleveland was like, oh, we got to hang on to that draft pick that we traded for Kyrie because once LeBron leaves, like, who knows, you know, the future, like, we have to build for the future. Like, dude, this is a team that might be, like, two decades away from being good. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, all that talk about not wanting to get better players because you want to hang on to that draft pick is just, it's hilarious to me. And that's what makes me laugh about, laugh about draft picks in the NBA. Like when, when uh, fans want to hold on to them, this is a bad team, dude. They might not even win 10 games. Yep. <laughs> next, <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> next team we got the Detroit Pistons over under is at 23 and a half wins. They only kept three players this year. <laughs> Dumbaya. Blake Griffin, Derek Rose, everybody else is new on this roster. They added Jeremy Grant from Denver on a pretty big contract. They drafted Sadiq Bey, drafted Killian Hayes out of France. Um, I mean, where do you have this team? Over or under 23 and a half wins? Man, I feel like a broken record. I'm going under again. Um, I mean, it's a it's a completely new team. You don't know how the group is going to mesh. They haven't looked great in their preseason games. Um, you know, you have two, I guess I could say superstars, uh, so-called superstars in Rose and Griffin. Over the hills. Superstars. Yeah, it, but that's that's exactly my point is they're on the wrong side of 30. They're not yeah. going to be making a splash. And both of them are injury prone. So you don't know how long they're going to even last this season, you know, especially with the short off season. But uh, I know you were big on Killian Hayes pre-draft. Yep. So what? Like, what can he bring to this team? I mean, hopefully he gets an opportunity to produce, but I don't know if he's going to step into a kind of role where he's going to be able to produce a lot right away. And even if so, I'm not sure how much he's going to contribute mm -hmm. um, as far as wins are concerned, because this is a, this is like a patched together kind of team this is like yeah. the typical like rebuild kind of team and yeah. this is a team that is definitely going to win under 23 and a half games yeah. them and the Cavs might be the two worst teams and they're both in the same division so <laughs> as much as I like killing Hayes he's gonna be a great player in the future man great player yeah. but I mean we might see Blake Griffin get traded we might see Derrick Rose get traded I mean yeah. at the end of the season they could be legitimately playing like five young guys and they could be playing three or four guys that aren't even on their roster in the starting lineup. Yep. Agreed. <clears throat> All right. The next team we got is the Indiana Pacers over under 39 and a half wins. This is a team that went 45 and 38 last year was a number five seed, obviously totally banged up going into the bubble. They didn't have their best player in uh, DeMontis Sabonis, but where do you have the Indiana Pacers this year, Ben? I'm going to go over. Um, I mean, they didn't, they didn't do anything in the offseason, but they they really played well, and, and I think they meshed in the bubble. And I think, you know, with this short of an offseason, with, 
you know, the way that we have, what, two weeks of training camp, if even that, like, it's going to take a team that was hot and found a way to win to do well in this season. So, you know, I, I like Brogdon. I like uh, what, Oladipo, uh, Turner, Warner. You know, it's a, that's a great starting group. So, you know, I, to be honest, I think they're, they're number two in this division. Number, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not saying much. This division sucks. Yeah, but. that's true. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is a team returning a lot. My biggest question, though, is, like, they fired their head coach in, um, in Nate McMillan. They brought in... Uh, oh, that's right. I forgot about they, that. They brought in Nate Bjorken, who was the assistant coach uh, from Toronto, who could be very well a great X's, X's and O's guy. The biggest thing with NBA head coaches is you have to be able to connect to players because, I mean, these are guys getting paid a ton of money at the end yeah. of the day. And, like, if you can't connect to them, like, they're not going to perform better than before, regardless of how good you are, X's and O's. And you have a guy like Victor Oladipo, who was rumored to be requesting a trade out of Indiana. So who knows? Like, I don't know the, the locker room dynamic of this team. Hmm. Obviously, I'm not in there. I, I lean over 39 and a half here because the talent is there. Yeah. I just don't know how bad that situation is, and if it is bad, I I probably would go under. Uh, this is one that I would stay away from. Yeah, they're a forty. They were a forty-five and thirty-eight team. So putting them at at thirty-nine and a half means that they're going to be losing five more games than they did last year. And with the the rest of this division and and conference, like I don't see that happening. Yeah, no, I mean you you make total sense, dude. Yeah. Like, but why would a guy request a trade? Oh, what yeah. kind of what kind of uh, you know dynamic does that bring to the locker room? Like, oh, th- this dude doesn't want to play with us. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you obviously we haven't played at the level of NBA or MLB or whatever. But I mean, you've been in the locker room, and if you know someone doesn't like you and shit, like, yep. I don't know. You know, there's a you're always picking sides. Yep. Yeah. All right, so the last team we have in this division, the Milwaukee Bucks, over under 49.5 teams. This is the highest over under win total in the entire Eastern Conference. Ben, where are you going with this one? I, I'm going to go over. I like I like what they did. I like the addition of Drew Holiday. Um, and then you add in Brian Forbes, too, who's, I mean, both of those players are going to boost up their offense. You know, and then Drew provides that you know additional defense to their starting five that they were really missing last year um you know Bledsoe is going to be you know a a bit of a loss I think Holiday takes that um you know you've lost Corver Lopez and what Matthews and lost a lot of guys yeah but you know, you you get some good rookies in. You've, I mean, you've got Giannis who can literally change the game. So, you know, wow. I, I I like Drew Holiday. I I wish the the Warriors were able to pick him up, but yeah, wasn't this the is this is a tough one, man. Because for the last like four years, this has been the one roster who has continuously had like the same guys come back and play with each other. So I think they built a brotherhood. Obviously, it hasn't panned out. I think this was the team that was hit hardest by the pandemic last year because they were obviously easily the best team. Oh yeah, going into the bubble. Going into sure. the pandemic and then, you know, they had like a 5-month break, had to go into the bubble, had to kind of like re um 
gain everything that they had rolling before i thought they yep. were easily hit the hardest and then they had that whole thing go down with um oh my god the guy that got sh- the guy that got shot in milwaukee or in kenosha wisconsin they had that whole thing george floyd part yeah. of- no that wasn't george floyd that was uh minnesota Oh, oh Kenosha no. was the the kid who who shot up at the. Well, uh, no, but I mean that that all that all spanned from someone, but it was they had the huge civil rights moment. That was what stopped. They they said we're not gonna play. Yeah. Until yeah. like we get some answers and we are able to, you know, let our voices be heard and they exercise their voices and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You you had a guy like Drew Holiday, obviously great 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 addition. Um. I'm I personally as a Bucks fan, like I'm glad they didn't lose Dante DiVincenzo for mm-hmm. uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm happy. I got the Milwaukee Bucks over 49 and a half wins, uh, probably barely squeaking by like 51, 52, but over 49 and a half. Yeah, I like it. All right, let's jump to the Western Conference real quick. Uh, the Pacific Division. Your Golden State Warriors, My boys, over under thirty six and a half wins this year, Ben. Obviously, last year they were absolute dog <sighs> shit. They were had tons of injuries. Clay Thompson out again this year. This time yep. with the torn Achilles. Obviously, returning two time, one time unanimous MVP in Steph Curry. You got former Defensive Player of the Year Draymond Green, Kevin Looney, Eric Pascal, uh, Andrew Wiggins. And then you draft a guy like James Wiseman, and you add a guy like Kelly Oubre. So where do you have the Warriors this year? Yeah, this is this is tough. Um, and I hope this is not my Homer emotions taking over. But I'm going to go over here. Um, you know they were they were absolute garbage last year. 15 and 50 didn't make the bubble. Didn't didn't do anything. But they they adapted. I think this off season to what they were you know, what they were missing in injury and then moved everything up, you know, another, another level. I love the pickup of, I mean, our, our two draft picks of uh, Mannion and Wiseman. I think both of those are going to be great additions to this team. And, you know, our Mannion at least is, is something that the Niners, or the Niners, excuse me, the Warriors needed um, with Clay out. And, you know, especially with Clay going out again this year, I love Ubre, what he's bringing to the, the team, uh, you know, Wanamaker is going to be a, a a good bench guy, a wonderful bench guy, and you know who knows? Maybe we see a, a resurgence in uh, Jeremy Lin, who we just signed to our, you know, oh, our, yeah. our summer team. I, I doubt it. Maybe. I mean, it's a long shot. It's like you know, hundred to one odds. But hey, you know, maybe this is the one time it hits and he comes back and does <laughs> something good. But I'm going to go over. In my heart, it's telling me over. Yeah, no, I like the over too. I mean. You got a guy like Steph Curry. He's been there. He's done that. Draymond Green been there, done that. It's just really about these. Puts them at playoffs, though. Yeah, no, they're gonna make the playoffs. They might be like a seven, eight seed, but they're gonna make the playoffs. They'll probably win like thirty-seven, thirty-eight games. Uh, There's, I mean, unless Stephen Curry goes down, there's no way they don't win thirty-seven games. I mean, Curry has to play. I mean, less than fifty games for them to. <clears throat> not not make the playoffs, I would say, but this is a tough one because if that does happen, you know the the Warriors are in an interesting uh, point in their 
in their organization because like let's say Curry goes out for you know 13 games and they're out of playoff contention do you just sit him and and trade guys that you can trade like Kelly Oubre for more assets because you have Minnesota's draft pick next year Um, you know let's say the Warriors pick is uh, you know a top pick or whatever I know it's a uh, lottery protected, but if it's like top, I believe it's a, if it's in the lottery, they get it next year. So what if you get two more lottery picks and you can flip those for you know a better yeah. player next year to when you get Clay back or whatever? You know, I think there's a lot in play with that thirty six and a half that is a, makes it a little tough to bet on. Yeah, I feel you. The second team is. The Clippers, 45 and a half. This is a team that has title aspirations over under 45 and a half for the LA Clippers. Last year, they finished 49 and 23, keeping Pat Beverly, keeping Paul George. They re-upped him even. Uh, Reggie Jackson, obviously Kawhi Leonard. He's on a a one-year deal, so he could opt out after this year. So I think a lot is in play here. Where do you have the Clippers this year, Ben? Over, under? I... Again, tough, um, but I'm going to go under here. They are a team to me that is lights out on paper, but it's, you know, it's hard for me to, you know, put any, any faith in them when, you know, you've got Paul George who has struggled. You've got Beverly who's been struggling. You know, Kawhi is Kawhi. He's amazing, but how is he really going to play with all of these players? And, you know, last oh, yeah. the bubble, it wasn't great. You know, yes, Kawhi played great, but everybody else was just there. So, you know, I, until they win, I'm, I'm kind of auto fade. Auto fade on the forty-five and a half. Yeah. Until they start showing me that they can, you know, put it up there. Interesting. All right, well, the Lakers, over under 46.5 is where their win total is at. This is a team that I think got better. They kept Caldwell Pope, who was excellent in the bubble, Alex Caruso, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, obviously Markeith Morris, and the Costas Antetokounmpo, the, the third brother. Yep. And then they added Marcus Saul from Toronto, added Montrez Harrell, sixth man of the year, added Wes Matthews, added Dennis Schrader. Where do you have the Lakers this year? Over, under, 46 and a half wins. I'm going to go over, and I'm going to say over their 52 wins from last year as well. Um, I think the Lakers got better. And, you know, adding Gasol is is something that they need, a big man who actually stays low. Um you know, I'd, I'd put Harrell over Howard any day of the week. And, you know, the way that Schroeder's been playing, he's going to put up more points than Rondo did. So I think I think they're going to be, you know, top team, you know, in the West again. And, the, I mean, they were 52-19 and 19 last year. I'm going to put them at, what, 78 games this year? So 72. 72. Um, all right, I will go 55 and 17. 17? Woo! Yeah. I'll do it. Man, I, I think they're going to go over, but I don't think they're going to win 55 games only because I think they're going to rest LeBron and AD more. Um, they're a much deeper uh, team this year, and they're going to have that ability to do so. Damn it, and, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> and really, as long as they're in the... Uh, as long as they're in the top eight, like there's no reason to push LeBron and yep. AD 
to the brinks, which sucks because I have LeBron on my fantasy uh, basketball team. So <laughs> I, I don't want to say that, but, you know, I think it's going to happen. That's that's why I think the over-under is a little low. So I yeah. like I like the over here, but I don't like it a ton. I probably wouldn't bet it, but I would go over 46.5 for the Lakers. All right, last team we got, or second to last team we got in the Pacific, the Phoenix Suns over under 38 wins, uh, 38 and a half wins, I'm sorry. This is a team that really got a boost, uh, added Jay Crowder, added Chris Paul. You know, they kept their core, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson. Where do you see the Phoenix Suns this year, Ben? Over under 38 and a half wins. Yeah, I mean, it's basically our last team in the Pacific. But uh, I'm going to go under here. Um, you know, you you said it. It was an absolute huge addition in getting Chris Paul. He is going to make them a better offensive team. But I don't think you can you can really stress all of your, you know, your additional points to a single player when they lost so much depth. They lost Rubio, Ubre, Okobo, Jerome. Like, it's just, it's too much for me, especially to put them over, you know, four more games than where they were last year. I, I, I don't buy it. Yeah, Chris Paul doesn't miss the playoffs, though. So, because of that, I'm going to go over 38 and a half wins. Nah. But yeah, dude, Chris Paul is that guy, bro. He's one of the, <laughs> he's one of the top five point guards to ever play this game. You know, people wrote him off last year, and he carried a, a Thunder team. I think their over-under for the Thunder last year was like 26.5 wins, and they blew their over-under out by by All-Star break. Yep. I mean, this is a guy that just wins. I'm with you, though. Like, this is not a deep team, dude. They have, like, no depth. Like, they have eight guys, and that's it. Yep. My worry for that is that they might have to push Chris Paul a little more than he should be pushed, which could hurt them in the long run. Um, but I'm going to go over here, 38 and a half wins, because Chris Paul doesn't miss the playoffs. Ooh, I don't know about <laughs> that one. All right, the last team here, uh, the Sacramento Ooh. Kings. Ooh. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Over, under 27 and a half wins, Ben. Um, can Deer and Fox win, what, 27 and a half games alone? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's that's where we're at. You've got Bagley the third. You've got, you know, the addition of Glenn Robinson, uh, Hassan Whiteside. Like they're all old. <laughs> they're all way old. Harrison Barnes. Like they are all over, well over the hill. And I just don't see them competing with really any team. I, I think these. This is going to be like that third team. That's going to be at the bottom of the league that we talked earlier with the the shit teams with Detroit. And this is Sacramento's going to be right there. Could be. Or it could be like a, a sneaky team that kind of is better than we all anticipate. I mean, De'Aaron Fox, not a bad player. Marvin Bagley, he hasn't been healthy, so we don't even know how to gauge him. Harrison Barnes is like a quality rotation player. Like I wouldn't call him great by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a good player. Um, yeah. But I he's mean, so old. No, he's not that old, dude. <laughs> he's younger than old. me. Shit, I wouldn't be that old. <laughs> nah. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, this is a tough one, dude. I probably would go under twenty-seven and a half wins, but. 
I also wouldn't be surprised if like the Kings somehow managed to like win thirty two games and get the tenth pick in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where I'm at with the the Kings. All right, so that was a good uh, good review of our NBA season. Uh, again, the NBA season starts on Tuesday the 22nd. We've got two games going in, and then we have got a slew on Christmas Day, so make sure to check that out. But uh, we have, uh, we've talked football, we've talked college, we've talked NFL, we've talked NBA. It's, it's time to move to the fun segment. My favorite, the Pour Me Another, the TMZ of our podcast. It is the time where we get to talk, you know, rumors and news. So to, to move kind of straight into it, we're going to open up with the MLB. And this week we saw Major League Baseball announce that the Negro Leagues would be recognized as a professional organization and that all the known statistics would be counted in MLB records. Do you think this is a good move for baseball? Oh, I mean, this is a move that should have been done a very long time ago. Um, and it's it's great that they are finally doing it, bro. Like, this is long overdue. You know, guys like Satchel Paige should have been in the Hall of Fame long ago. Their records should have been accounted for. It, yeah, this, this is a no-brainer, bro. No-brainer to me. Should have been done could have been done would have been done if the world was more progressive 30 60 years ago but here we are 2020 and we're finally making things right slowly yeah yeah i'm i'm with you i'm but i'm a little torn on this one i'm you know i'm very glad that the players of the negro league are getting their recognition it's it's way overdue um you know the the negro leagues are a huge reason for where baseball is and really all sports are today and there have been incredible players like you said you've got josh gibson satchel page rube forster you know oscar charleston you know jackie robinson before he got to the big the the major leagues like all players who would have had records in professional baseball but the the point that gets me is that they're they're adding all of the numbers to the statistics and you know MLB or but but let me let me get into this why I'm not I'm not happy with it because the MLB or as they called it at the time the organized league like they didn't allow those players into baseball they didn't recognize them in their league they didn't record their numbers officially and didn't allow those players to be known for their accomplishments while they're alive so what is like what is baseball trying to do because what i see the mlb doing is trying to erase the stain that they've made by neglecting the negro leagues for so long and now they're just saying like oh yeah i guess your your numbers count I mean, you know, what what about those players who, you know, had records that no longer do? Would they have played longer? Would players in the Negro Leagues played longer because they could have built on those records? Like, it's. Do I think that it should have been part of the game the whole time? Yes, absolutely, 100%. But what I'm seeing the MLB do is trying to hide the fact that they did this, and I don't like that. Fair. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I think that I think this is something that had that had to be done, dude. And oh yeah, I th I think that their numbers obviously their numbers are gonna be they're gonna be recognized, but they're not gonna be recognized along with the major league baseball. I don't think they're gonna like put the numbers in with like let's say like a Babe Ruth and stuff. But I mean, who knows what would have happened if we put the world in a vacuum and redid everything? You know what I'm saying? Like. Who knows if Babe Ruth would have been Babe Ruth if that was yeah. the case? Who knows yep. if, you know, Whitey Ford would have been Whitey Ford? There's no telling. So I think that's something that we need to recognize. We need to recognize that we fucked up. Yeah. And when I say we, I mean white people of America, unfortunately. Yep. So I think this is something that has to be done, and I'm, I'm all for it, man. Yeah. All right, let's jump into the NHL, man. The NHL and NHLPA agreed for a January 13th start with 56 games, new divisions, but they still need each side's of executives to approve and health approval from the CAN. There's a possibility that all the Canada teams will need to relocate to the States. The rumor is the Canada teams may not be allowed to play in Canada unless there's a bubble. What's your thoughts on the NHL restart here, Ben? Or I yeah, shouldn't say restart. I should say the NHL 2021 season. Sorry. Yeah, it's a fucking mess, man. Um, I, I'm at least a little bit more optimistic this week about having a season, but I, it's not going to start on the 13th. If that, you know, happens, they're saying the bubble leagues are going to start their camps on, or sorry, the non-bubble teams are going to start their camps on the 31st, and then the teams that were in the bubble are going to start on January 3rd, which gives them 10 days to prepare. And that's that's not feasible with the amount of testing that's needed and the protocols that are happening right now. I mean, you've got teams like the Shark. I mean, all California teams cannot play because there's a mandate on contact sports. Um, so, you know, Sharks are going to start in Arizona, not even knowing if they're going to be able to play in San Jose when the season starts. Um, I mean, shit, we had the divisions thrown out today. And the Central is absolutely garbage. The East is a powerhouse. And well, I'm sorry. NHL, y'all need a map. <laughs> Dallas is in the Central and St. Louis in the West. In, in my calculation, shit, even for flat earthers, Dallas is more West than St. Louis. So, like, what the hell are they doing? I mean, I'm no, like, uh, logistics person for plane travel and stuff, but there could be a reason based on airport, because uh, some airports fly to other cities and stuff like that. It's like Dallas. I said, I know, but I'm not, well, <laughs> Dallas is, like, one of the, an international hub, but I'm saying, like, for St. Louis, like, what if St. Louis can get to the West Coast easier than they can get to others? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm no logistical per logistics yeah. person in that sense of the ability but uh uh yeah it made no sense to me and <laughs> the whole canada thing with like the bubbles and like when we were talking about this uh you know off air last week you know you were telling me like what was going on and i was like dude what are the canada canadian teams just gonna play each other like 14 times a year and yeah, then and that's what it's looking like <laughs> like what's gonna happen so the NHL, I mean, this is just a poorly run league, dude. I talk about it all the time. It's been poorly run since pre-2004. 2004, everything changed, and they still don't fix shit. 
Yep. So ho- hopefully they get stuff going because I don't want I want to see the Sharks win this year, even though they're probably terrible. Yeah, I'm hoping for playoffs again. That's all. I'm <laughs> for. All right, let's move on to our last one for the week. We've got uh, uh, an NBA story that's a little crazy. We uh, we saw Amin El Hassan. I'm sorry. I, butchered your name uh, on ESPN, but I don't, I don't care. I don't like you. Um, we saw him on ESPN say that John Morant is who Dion, De'Aaron Fox thinks he is. And Fox took offense to that and tweeted out, you know, then this is quoted, uh, in a second about someone that had nothing to do with me, you sneak in another man who is who I think I am. Bro, you don't even know me. Even your co-workers asked why you said that. Um laughing my ass off you disrespect someone you get disrespected simple i mean do you have an issue with this no i have no issue with it i mean this is the job of the media the media is there to spark conversation and to talk about players talk about games and if if uh De'Aaron fox is offended that somebody talked about him i hope he turns that around and becomes a better player so then he can praise him and say hey De'Aaron fox is a great player because Right now, dude, like, I don't understand. Like, we're in this age where some people are, like, super pro player and some people are, like, super pro team. And I consider myself pro player, but I literally have, like, I don't understand as a player why you would be offended to this. Like, imagine if LeBron James took offense to every negative thing that was said about him. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I think it's lame that I mean, Alassane, you know, threw a cheap shot in a conversation about somebody else. But, you know, you're right. He has every right to say that, say what he wants. And, you know, just as, you know, Darren Fox has the right to call him a bitch like he did. And it kind of seems like he is. But, you know, I just I like we were talking about earlier, you know, I, with you know, the Negro Leagues, it's something that is a problem in our country. And it's putting someone down for a joke, you know, when we don't even think about the other side. So, I mean, should he have gotten pissed off about it? No. You know, is it okay that he reacted? Yes. But, I mean, really, we all just need to be better. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Like, it's whatever. But, I mean, if you want to get upset, that's okay, but... It's like, just go out and be better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. What's that time? It's time. It is time. I like this week. Best bets of the week. Mr. Big Ball and Ben Larson went two and oh this week. Yes, sir. Winning the Browns plus three. Is that right? Plus three or minus three? There's minus three. You still won either way. Yeah, I still won. Browns minus three. That was a winner winner. They won by 17. Yep. And you had the Rams versus Jets under 44 and a half, and it barely squeaked by. Just squeaked by. But it's a winner, and that's all that matters. So you went 2-0, pushing your record to 19 and 17. I, on the other hand... Went one and one. I had Ohio State. I was like, yo, they're going to blow Northwestern out of the water. This is a game they had to blow them out to make the playoff. They didn't even blow them out. It was ugly, and they still made the playoff. So, yep. who am I? 
but <laughs> not a committee chooser. <laughs> not a committee chooser, as we yeah. talked about earlier. But I also had Clemson minus ten and a half. I said that was going to be a blowout. I said I would even take it up to twenty one. And they blew it out by twenty four. That was a winner. But Ben, where are we going this week? Let's choose some winners for the people. Love it. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna split up, you know, my best bets between uh, football and basketball this week since since I can. We finally have some some additional sports. Um, so, but uh, first bet is going to be we're gonna stick with NFL and we are going to go the Rams plus two and a half. Um, you know, I think the Rams lost this or sorry win no loss this week was a, a farce. I don't know how you lose to the Jets, but. I mean, this team is just too good to put up the performance that they did today. And, you know, I think that they just looked over the Jets to make sure that they get the W next week against the Seahawks. I mean, last time they they met, the Rams took the W uh, by seven points. Um, You know, I see this as a big bounce back for the Rams to get this division back tied up again. So I'm going to go Rams with the points plus two and a half over the Seahawks. Love it. And Let's go. For my second bet, I'm moving over to NBA, and uh, I'm going to be taking the Charlotte Hornets over the Cleveland Cats by a point. Um, right now, sorry, Charlotte is getting a point here. Um, you know, we talked about Cleveland earlier. They're going to be struggling all year just to get that win. Kevin Love, Larry Nance Jr. are just getting a year older, and I think they're going to miss, you know, those rebounds and you know um and defensive play of tristan thompson that i mentioned earlier i mean ball has been really balling out i i hope i get to say that a lot this year but uh you know his preseason games have looked on point he's been hitting that three shot which we weren't sure of and his his vision is just is great and you know i think for game one we at least see that same intensity and then maybe we start to see the the decline of Lamelo. but uh, you know right now he's looking good cleveland is not so i'm gonna take the point and i'm gonna go charlotte over cleveland in their opener. what are your two that's bets tough, ben. that's tough dude uh, i'm taking emotions here all right i like it Plays i like big. it <laughs> i like it all right, so my two best bets this week, I'm going Clippers plus two and a half over the Lakers to start the year. I actually like this money line, so I'll sprinkle some on the money line because I think the Lakers, like I said before when we are talking about them, they're not really interested in the regular season. I think they're going to really coast by. I don't see them really going into the regular season like super pumped up i think this game means more to the clippers than it does the lakers i like the clippers plus two and a half opening night my second best bet is tonight we got byu minus 16 and a half against texas southern i like byu here they're coming off a big win against san diego state who is a good team who beat two of the best teams in the pac-12 in arizona state and ucla as underdogs BYU is a good team. Texas Southern is not. This is more of a fade against Texas Southern. We're taking BYU minus 16 and a half. My honorable mention bet, and I got to say this because I almost threw it out there, is Baylor minus 42 and a half in basketball against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Baylor is a really great team. This game honestly might be like 60 to 17. Wow. I... (laughs) 
I really like your Clippers bet. That was that was my number three for the week. Um, if I wasn't going to be taking that Charlotte one, so that that sounds like a like a W to me. Let's hope. I love it. Well, but those were our bets. You know, we talked we talked all about sports for a good uh, hour hour and a half there. So let's get back to our beers. I really I know it's your second beer, so I'm going to have to wait for that. Uh, you know that rating, but I'm I'm really excited for that Weiss to see how it was. Yeah. Oh, we're going to start with the Miami Vice here? Uh, up to right. you. <clears throat> I right, yeah, want to do it. We could do the Miami Vice. I mean, uh, it has a lot of coconut flavor. So if you're not a big coconut fan, uh, it probably won't be that great. I'm not a big coconut fan. It's good, but it's like very overwhelming with coconut flavor. Like I can literally taste more coconut than anything else in the beer. Hmm. Because of that, I'm going to go a 3.95 out of 5 just because I think it's too overwhelming with coconut. But if you love coconut, this is probably a great beer for you. It's not a bad sour. uh, Like I said, just – or I'm sorry, a bad fruited Weizen, just very coconutty. Yeah. My my first beer that I drank tonight, which was the Braxton Lab Smoothie Sour Strawberry Paloma. Uh, I had two, like, fruity beers today. This one as well, I, w- I wasn't very impressed with, um, you know, after drinking that Kings County Brewing Company or bring, uh, Collective Sour, yeah. everything kind of like falls below it. Um, it w- it's probably a beer that I would drink again. I don't know if I would buy it again, though, to be honest. So I'm going to go a 3.95. I'm going two 3.95s this week. Good beers, just not beers that personally I would buy again. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ben? All right, so, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the way that that you did the second beer first. Um, that was the Narrative Fermentations uh, Wood Choppers Hoppy Blonde Ale. Um, this was the 5.5 out of San Jose. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the same same number on this with you. I'm gonna go with the 3.95. It's a it's a good beer. It's a beer that I that I would drink again if it was given to me. Um, but it's not something I'd, I'd go out of my way for. It's, uh, it's a blonde ale, so it, it is a lower percentage and one that you can drink. But the hop additions were just a little bit too much for me. Um, they talk about how they dry hopped, you know, 2.2 pounds worth of hops, um, you know, within the, the second, you know, hop phase of that. And it just, it's just a little too much of a hop kick for me. Um, if you're a hop fan, if you like that kind of, you know, pucker, that punch in the face, you know, this is definitely the beer for you. Um, but for my taste, it, it wasn't my favorite. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you on the 3.95s on those. Uh, but my, my first beer, um, the Night Swim Porter from Coppertail, um, I'm not a big porter fan. I'm no, not a dark not. beer fan. Um, you hate them usually. I usually do, uh, but this was very, very good. This was uh, one out of Florida, right? This is the one out of Tampa, Florida. Uh, this All was right. out of my beer box. Um, it's uh, it's got notes of chocolate on the smell, on the taste. Um, it's it's one of those beers that doesn't pull that that coffee that I usually get in the stouts and the porters. Um, and it was a really drinkable beer. It wasn't, you know, something that was really thick. Um, 
you know, it was, it was good cold and it was good as it warmed up, you know, within the glass. So I'm going to give this one a 4.2 um, out of 5. It was, it was quality. Nice. Definitely quality. All right. So we had some decent beers. We had a good beer. Yep. That's where we're at this week. Christmas week. You know, you got, you got a, Christmas you got, coming up. We got some big uh, expectations for our, uh, our next uh, round of beers if we're we're given sub fords here. Oh yeah, big expectations coming next week. All right, well thank you everybody for listening. That was a great show. We had some good beers. We had some great conversation with the 92nd beer beer review guys. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Taproom Sports Podcast on Twitter at Taproom underscore Sports. And check out our website, www.taproomsportspodcast.com, where you can find all of our social media accounts. And you can check out our merchandise in collaboration with The Glory. Uh, Make sure to check out our weekly NFL spread contest, drop-in Thursday nights after the Thursday night football game. We got a winner this week. Thank you, James, for for putting in your, your... your form for putting in your hey, your spreads. We, we got, got a winner. A winner. Uh, you'll be getting your sweatshirt pretty soon. Um, but everybody, thank you for uh, for you know putting in your your contest entry. It'll be back up again this Thursday after Thursday night football. Hey, we're gonna do a special Christmas one for NBA this week. All the Christmas games against the spread. If you get them right in the NBA, love it, love it, love it, love it. Sorry, I just made an executive decision. Fine by me. Uh, get our get our uh, our name out there. Get our get everything out there. But uh, you know, talking about all of our other stuff, we're gonna go to our APR podcast, where Jordan and I are joined by Steady Eddie Martin and Tiffany from Picks by Chicks for a view of each and every game of the upcoming week. We have some fun fantasies. We have some best bet antics, and we just talk some good football. And uh, while we're talking football, make sure to check out Steady Eddie's Weekend Waiver Wire for the latest fantasy booms and busts of the week. And that's all we got. For all y'all, I am Big Ball and Ben Larson here with my buddy, my co-host, the NBA, the college, I mean the sports expert, Mr. Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lats. Hey, my ego right now. Yeah. Open, boom, open boom. the window so it doesn't uh, suffocate you. <laughs> but uh, we'll see you all next week. Have a great and wonderful Christmas, hey. y'all. Yes, Merry Christmas, everybody. Christmas morning, outside was pouring.